Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Leah Bross. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is rewatching the film and the other is seeing it for the first time. This week, we're talking about, and I kind of can't believe that Leah's legitimately never seen this movie. Nope. Uh, well, now she has. 1992, Joe fucking Pesci, <laughs> Marissa Tomei, My Cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. Uh, so here's the thing. 1992, I'm a child. Mm-hmm. I did not see it in the theater. That much I know. I am 100% sure we rented it and I watched it with my parents. But I don't have a very firm memory of the first, first time that I saw it. What I definitely do remember is that my parents both loved it. Mm. And my parents actually called last night while I was in the middle of it to, you know, check on me and make sure that I'm still alive in these <laughs> days of quarantine. And uh, my dad asked me what I was doing. And I was like, yeah, I'm just watching my cousin Vinny. And he was, he was all like, oh man, that's such a great movie. What a good choice. What a good choice. <laughs> I'm sure that they haven't seen it in decades either. Um, but I, like I said, I, I definitely remember that they really enjoyed it. And I remember even as a child enjoying it too. Um, and of course I've seen it I would say several times since then, more so on TV. So back in the day, probably like late 90s when it would have been on television still. So that being said, it's been many, many, many years since I've actually sat down and watched it. And it was kind of fun to realize just how many little bits and pieces of things that have been kind of ingrained in my mind that I didn't 100% even remember were from this movie um, or had just kind of forgotten about the part where she just starts stomping her foot and is talking about her biological <laughs> clock. Like hundred percent. Remember that did not totally forgot, totally forgot about it up until last night though. Um, Ralph Macchio towards the beginning when he goes, he goes, I shot the clerk. I shot the I shot clerk. The clerk. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. That is something that, that whoa, wait a minute, the, the the way that he says that has been in my head since 1992. <laughs> but I don't always think about it as actually being from my cousin Vinny. And How many times have you seen this movie? I would say several. I mean, so back in the day when we used to, when we would rent movies when I was a kid, I would get like as many views in as I could. Mm. So since I know I enjoyed this movie, my guess is I probably watched it two or three times over that weekend. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And, and I remember I remember memorizing her little speech about the deer. You know. Oh, I love the speech. Imagine about the deer. Little, like I remember as a kid memorizing that. And I don't remember if it was right after I had first initially seen it or if it was a couple years later after it, you know, being on TV at some point. Um yeah, and, and most of the times that I had seen it was like I said it was 
it was being played on television for whatever purpose. And Isn't it crazy that, like, because I remember that too. You rent a movie and you watch it as much as you can. And now we don't, I don't do that. I don't know. I, mean, I, I will rent I rented it. This, I rented this last night. Yeah. Do I think I'm going to go watch it again tonight? No. no. And I don't know if that's just like a time commitment thing. Like as a kid, you have nothing but time. Or if it's just the, the age of streaming where a lot of times you're just watching something on Netflix and you might half watch it or just have it on in the background. But you know you can stream it whenever. So it's like, who cares? I, I had another experience la- last night, too, actually. So, um, well, uh, yeah, I guess speaking of, like, uh, wrongfully accused, I started watching <laughs> <laughs> I started watching um, Defending Jacob, which oh, is... Oh, because of Chris Evans? Well, because of Chris Evans and because when I saw the trailer, I was like, fuck, this is right up my alley. You know, it's, Wait. it's kind of mystery. It's... Uh, where is it? Where is this where, it's, it's Apple TV. Did you have to pay for that? Mm, I guess it depends on how I get You have to subscribe to Apple TV? If you technically you have to subscribe to Apple TV. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Okay, well, let's not speak of this again. Maybe you could find... You know what? God's honest truth. I subscribed to Apple TV to get it and then realized I can't fucking cast it to my TV because I have Google Chrome, which really pissed me off. So. At that point, I went and downloaded it for free elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So I tried so to, go, I tried so to go the right route. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so but I, I it, it's like four episodes in, but they release one episode a week now, and it's amazing to me how just a few years ago we would watch TV and it would always be like that. It'd be week to week to week. You always had to wait the next until the next mm-hmm. week for that episode, and now I can't handle it. Like, I just can't. This is not the first time that I've been made to wait. And I've been like, but but why? I want all eight hours right now. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and watch all eight hours. I don't mind all it. Fun. I think for hour-long dramas, I, I prefer that format mm-hmm. to get it released once a week. The shorter, like, so I binged all of Bless This Mess up to, like, the most current episode, um, like, last week or the week before. Which it's great, right? I still love it. Yeah, that last episode was really fun. Um, I haven't watched the most recent one. The most recent one was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, there's a tornado. I, I know. I saw it <laughs> on Hulu. I, I saw that it said something about a tornado, and I got really excited, but I haven't yeah. actually watched it yet. So. And, you know, I've been I've been telling you I've been binging New Girl. Um, and so many people. Lake Bell shows up in that in that show, too. Um, lots of great people show up in that show. Um, but, like, Run on HBO is, like, 30 minutes um, which also adoring it with Merritt Weaver and Donald Gleason. And I'm absolutely in love with both of them. And that show is fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. So I'm here for it. But I think I would prefer to binge that um, as to just doing it like week by week, because it's just harder to keep in my head because it's just a 30 minute format. Whereas the hour long drama really sticks with you. And I kind of want a week to digest the episode and think about it and prepare myself for the following week. So like I was OK I, with it with Game of Thrones. I think I just. I want the control over it. I think that's what it comes down to for me. So if I'm something like defending Jacob or any kind of kind of um, it's about the mood that it creates. You know Uh what I mean? Like it's you're you're put into this kind of very specific headspace. And once I'm in it, I want to stay in it. So I want to see the next one now. But I think going back to kind of what we were talking about with back when you used to rent movies, I wonder if maybe that was part of it too, is that same kind of mentality of, I really liked this. I know I'm not going to be able to get it again later. I'm in this headspace now. 
So yeah, I'm just going to watch it. But I remember doing that all the time. We would, you know, we'd go out like on a, a Friday afternoon, Friday evening, rent a movie, watch it as a family. And then I would like get up early Saturday morning mm-hmm. and watch it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The rewinding was the bitch. The oh, real man. bitch. This is the worst. Seriously. God, can you, we just don't, everything is just so easy now. Don't think about it enough, how easy it is to stream movies and get to see what you want to see. Or even just like look up a clip on the, on YouTube. You know, oh, it's yeah. just like so easy. I, I mean, so this this movie, too, it was made in 1992. Obviously, they don't really mm-hmm. have the Internet. But it wasn't that a great part, too, watching the judge figure out who he really was. And Getting he had faxes. To like, yeah, he had to, like, wait days to get a fax back from somebody <laughs> telling him if this person even existed. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was also hilarious that a Yale graduate judge would believe his bullshit. Like... I mean, he's been living in the small town for a while now. I don't know. I have found that hard to believe. I also like there's a moment where Pesci's in Trotter's office. I guess it's it's not Pesci. Gambini's in Trotter's office, and you can see his old-ass computer in the background. (laughs) Some, like, DOS bullshit. It was pretty great. You know he was slipping floppy disks in there. Yeah. The real floppy disks, not the the kind, like, the actual lit that actually flopped. Yes, the real floppy Well, they did get, they got harder on the outside and smaller. I mean, there were both. There were both available for a period of time. Sure, sure. But yes. God. So I think watching this again last night, I'm really glad that I picked it, not just because it's such a good movie, but because I think we can all agree that we're all in kind of a weird um, headspace (laughs) right now. I I feel like maybe we are. I feel like I'm doing all right with the quarantine thing because I just don't fucking need you people. Like, I'm good on my own. It was was really funny, actually. Um, Leah and I had, because we worked together, and we had a meeting on was it Thursday I guess we mm-hmm. we had a meeting and it's through teams so like I saw your face too I talked to you like it was practically like we were in person and then you um, texted later on the group of us and you were like you guys can we all just get together and video chat because I miss all of you so much and the very first reaction I had was <laughs> Leah I just fucking saw you <laughs> Like, that was all I could think. I'm like, yeah, I guess if you guys really want to talk, God, there's so much social interaction right now. (laughs) I was a mess that night. I cracked open the wine before I ate anything. I turned on music really loud. I was headbanging in the kitchen, considering texting my (laughs) ex-husband, looking at really red lipsticks. Like, I need a red lip. I don't need a red lip. Buy the red lip. I was having a night. And I tell you what, seeing people virtually, it's not the fucking same. I hate it. It's not the same. I I mean, you're talking to somebody who went out and cut her grass with her kitchen shears earlier today. Like, I admit that I'm losing it a little bit, too, even though I'm pretty much okay without people. But the, the reason why it was so great to watch this last night was because I am in a weird space, as I think are, are we all. And this took me back to a simple time Happier times. <laughs> you know yeah like back in the day so if it was if it was 92 93 I was you know around 10 years old or so like when you're 10 things are pretty you know you haven't hit puberty yet mm. so you're still mentally and emotionally somewhat together um obviously you don't have very many worries for the most part because you're being well taken care of mm. I know I didn't pay for this rental I'm quite certain my parents did they probably paid for the pizza that we probably ate at the same time <laughs> as we watched this as well you know it was nice to just go back to it, it was nice to go back to the simpler time for me when I was a kid and actually got to enjoy this world but I also feel like sometimes certain movies from the 90s 
really make me miss the way the world was. Um, like Seven is one that comes to mind because Seven is one of those movies that anytime I, I know I, Seven, it's so so sweet and reminiscent. Uh. <laughs> but the thing I love about it is they fucking go to the library mm-hmm. and they read books and they actually figure shit out. And you just don't get that anymore because and you know people are missing, but they don't even realize that people are missing. And you don't under you don't get that now because you have cell phones and GPS and the internet and everything is at your fingertips and it's so obnoxious and it's really nice to be in a world where you don't don't have all of that immediate gratification, all of that connectedness. And I think you do get to see it at least a little bit in my cousin Vinny because so for example, when, when he was saying, you know, the DA, he's never going to give me all of his files. I know he's not going to. And I started yelling at, I didn't remember any of this being in there because when I was a kid, I didn't know about certain legal rules but but i started screaming at the tv it's called fucking discovery (laughs) (laughs) well how do you not know this no what is reality is the reality is though if that movie was made today everybody even the 10 year olds who are watching it they would know that yeah because we have 27 million different procedurals on television and streaming everywhere that you would watch and you would know. And if you had any question, you would pick up your phone and immediately just ask Google and they would tell you. And you wouldn't have gotten that whole kind of sweet, funny arc that also led to her helping him out and telling and explaining to him, like, you need to read this book with these procedures. I just loved that was probably one of my favorite moments because she what does she say to him? She's like, it's called disclosure, you dickhead. Like, And I loved how when she was reading the book initially when he walked into the room and he just he picks it, he takes it away from when he goes, I'm going to need you to not read this. Like, I'm going to need you to do me a favor and don't read this book. Like, he just doesn't want her help at all. And it's really, really funny. Their relationship is great. You kind of I think another thing about this movie that um, well, I guess I should say I liked it a lot. I was Um, hoping you would. And I thought that you probably would, because honestly, it's it's a good movie. Yeah, it's you know a late I mean? 90s comedy. Like, right. it's, a, you know, right up in there with, uh, I mean, I was thinking about, so this came out in 92. There was something else. There were probably several something else that yeah, came out in there was 92. Some, anyway, um, well, no, it was just thinking about, like, the, like, kind of the last minute, like, stuff keeps hitting him, so he thinks he's doing good, and then things don't go great, because we've got these last-minute twists where the prosecutor calls in the witness, which is also your classic courtroom drama, too, but... Sure. But the thing about it, I think, that I appreciated was that you don't get all this exposition up front. Like, it just kind of unfolds in front of you. Like, he oh, shows yeah, up in... Man. Yeah, they put they, you bam right into it, yeah. They show up in town, you know they're the outsiders, it's kind of East Coast meets South, or New York City meets the South, and then ah. you kind of... You blend. That was one that for whatever, like I say that sometimes too. Oh yeah, you blend. And for whatever (laughs) reason, I did not remember that being Marissa Tomei's line from this movie. It it was another thing that just somehow got ingrained into me. Yeah. But it it is, it it was very kind of just kind of unfolding in front of you. And you want to immediately, I wanted to know more about Vinny. Like, why is he a lawyer? How did he, and you don't get that till the end when he talks about Judge Malloy and, that wasn't um, really the end. That was still kind of the but, middle. But he does, he reveals things a little bit at a time, which mm-hmm. I love. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, Ralph Macchio's character being like, oh yeah, my cousin Vinny, he's a lawyer. He just became a lawyer and this and this. And he did it because of the, it, there's nothing like that. It's a li- very little bit at a time. It's as they're first talking to him in that first meeting. Well, how many trials have you had? Well, none. 
I mean, it took me six years to pass the bar. So I'm just starting. <laughs> and then, you know, later he's having the conversation with Marissa Tomei in the hotel and he's, and she's asking him like, how do you not know this stuff? And he's saying, you know, I was working at your, I was helping with your dad's garage. I was doing mm-hmm. all these other things. Like I just didn't have time. time. And, and, you know, yeah, I know I need to actually go and watch some courtroom proceedings, but I haven't had the time and the ability mm-hmm. to because I was doing all these other things. And then he has the conversation with the DA where they're talking about mm-hmm. how and why he got into this. And you kind of get an idea of, because they never say exactly how old he is, but you, you can He's tell. He's obviously older. Older. Yeah. So you know, you know, that he got into this a little bit later in life. Um, and, and you kind of get a feel for why and, and who he was going into that and, and why it's, I think you before you find out at the end, in the end, he says that he wanted to win his first case totally on his own. Mm. But I think you get a feel for that as you go as well. Um, you know, when he's talking about how much faith this judge had in him, I, I think you you ultimately do get to understand, like, why it's so important to him to succeed. And then obviously, that why is it so important with this particular case? Which is kind of funny that they say over and over again... The like these boys are gonna fry. <laughs> like, a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, if the stakes if are I, very high, right? If I screw this up, but every time that they talk about those stakes, which are really high and really mm-hmm. scary, there's always an undercurrent of comedy in there, which I think is really interesting. And I think it's one of the ways that here's this pretty serious thing going on. It's a murder case, but anytime we start talking about those serious parts, there's there's still something that kind of lightens it. So it never gets too heavy. And yet it doesn't get goofball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not slapstick comedy. No, it's, it's smart. It's I think, I think it's smart. Yeah. Um, so how they even get into the mess uh, when they're, cause it's a great idea for a movie. These two kids kind of stumble into murder charges. And then when Vinny does show up and go to the jail, Stan thinks he's going to rape him, which is a great moment. Great exchange. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly, don't recall that from my childhood. I don't know if I just didn't understand. As you a probably kid. didn't understand. Yeah. You probably didn't understand. But it was, it's really adorable to watch uh, when he looks at Machio asleep on the bed. He's like, oh, look, he's so cute. Like, <laughs> cute little guy. And um, Ralph Machio. So. That dirt lip was doing right? a lot, doing a lot of work in this oh, to, to make him seem a little bit older, but like trying to seem a little bit older. It's so gross. That guy's so gross. He's never looked a day over 17. And um, I so I was thinking, because I've never seen this movie. My mom really, really liked it. Oh, so she and did see it. And you I just- don't I don't think she saw it when it first came out. I think she probably caught it on cable TV when it was having a run. And uh, so she, I knew she really enjoyed it. And she might even had like, I probably have the DVD somewhere. Maybe uh, that was hers. But I know she really liked it. And I was wondering if it was because in part because of Ralph Macchio. But I think she also really liked Joe Pesci. Um, but she like she was really into Michael J. Fox. Like even back in the Alex P. Keaton days was really into him. And like these guys who tend to look a little bit younger than they actually are. I kind of always wondered about that. Like, is she just into younger looking dudes? Um, because I think I thought Ralph Macchio was really cute in the Karate Kid as a as a teenager or a tween or whenever I would have seen it, I would have thought, yeah, yeah, he's cute. But Wait, thing- you saw Karate Kid when you were a teenager? Well, I don't know. Whenever I did see it when I was a kid, I don't know. I thought he was cute. Maybe I'm thinking of Karate Kid too. Either way, I thought he was cute. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I I thought he was super cute when cute, I saw him in yeah. Karate Kid, but I was really young too. Yeah, 
But the thing I think I like about him most is his cute little accent is so adorable. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, and that's kind of what I liked about in this movie, uh, most about him in this movie, because that dirt look wasn't doing anything for me. No, I'm glad at some point he did shave it. Okay. And thank goodness for that. To clean up for the for the trial, of because, course. Because, yeah, it was super, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Just that. So, yeah. But I, th- I think, I mean, it's it's Joe Pesci's movie. And Marissa Tomei. Oh. And I didn't realize she won the Oscar. Yeah. For yeah. supporting. Which brings me to one of my questions, and I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but how do you feel about the Oscars being divided up by sex? So they have Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress. Like, does that bother you? Um, it never has bothered me because I've never really given it much thought, but I, I do think that there could definitely be ways that you would miss out on great performances because there may be a movie that, or, or several movies that have some amazing, um, women and, or amazing men. And perhaps there are more amazing men this year around than there are women, or perhaps there are more amazing women than there are men. And yet we still have to have, you know, people pulled from each section. Um, But I I guess, do you mean, do I have a problem with it in terms of like, she was so much better than whoever it was who won. I don't know. I don't know who won after that year. I didn't recognize any, I recognize some of the names, but they were not, I I felt like it maybe wasn't a great year for supporting roles. Maybe Um, when I looked them up, I was like, I couldn't even tell you what they were. Or maybe it wasn't a great year for the nominations. I think that's probably the reason why I I don't really have a problem with it or care is because, honestly, it's all just kind of a political shit show anyway. You know it, what I mean? It's There are so many times where I'll see a performance and think, my God, that person was amazing, and they just get snubbed, mm-hmm. or, you know, or, or they'll put people through who, oh, my God, I've seen so many people win who in no way do I think that they deserved it in no way do I think that they deserved it for that particular performance even if they're really good actor or actress um or I've seen people win who I do not think are good actors and actresses either and I realize it's all opinion based obviously Mm -hmm. and I'm not voting so I don't get a vote but the thing about the thing about the performances really bothers me that you know somebody maybe had a great I think I think um Russell Crowe is the one that always comes to mind for me because in the, well, because in the insider, he was amazing. He was amazing. And he should have a hundred percent should have won that year, whatever year it was the following year. He wins for gladiator, which yeah. he was good in. Sure. Cause he's a good actor. Was he amazing? No. Who else was nominated that year? I believe it was Javier Bardem mm, for no country. No. Cause he no. won for no country. No, it was, um, he was a he was a Cuban writer. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was so good. Um, and it just it pisses me off when shit like that happens because it's obvious shit. It's fucking obvious that so, you're making up for a wrongdoing from the past. Yeah, and by I, giving I, it to them for this performance that was you know all right. And it happens all the fucking time. Like that's the one that I've kind of held on to over the years, but it happens all the time. Sometimes I wonder if if it maybe they should do these award shows like maybe two, three years after the films come out, because I feel like you just don't have enough. Some of them get released right before the the season. And it's like, you don't have enough time with it to know. I think that is really, that's really annoying for the public for sure. That, you know, any film that's going to be considered for the Oscars is going to be released around December and it'll be limited. 
mm-hmm. first anyway. So those of us in the Midwest, for example, aren't really even going to be able to see it until like later December, January. And yeah, you, you don't have time to see all of them, let alone to kind of sit with it or get to, a feel you for know, it. You know they changed the rules this year. They just released that news this week. No. Uh, yeah. Um, I think streaming films are going to be allowed. I thought they were already, were they not? No, it's they had to play in theaters. Hmm. Um, and I don't. Even, I guess maybe if it was just limited release, that. Yeah, I can't remember. So yeah, but it, they changed the rules a little bit just for this year, right. just for now. Um, so I think that's interesting. But I guess thinking about the gender thing, I guess. I understand why it was set up that way to begin with, but I feel like why should gender matter? Why can't we just have a category where they're nominating for best actor and they're nominating for best supporting and everybody's in that category together? I don't why know that gender it matters. I it? think because it's a way to categorize. I mean, they could have done it by age. They could have done it by, I don't know how well this person's known, you know, somebody who's done over 50 films versus somebody who's brand new on the scene. Well, maybe it's just a way op- to categorize. Maybe open up some different awards. Like you can do, you know, um, reward people who it's their first year and they do some stunning work. Maybe reward that, I guess. But I wouldn't, I don't think that you should do that. I think it should always be based on the individual performance. And if it's your first movie ever and you had a great performance, great, get nominated. That's how it should be. And if you've made 27 million different movies in the past and they've all been shit, but this one happened to be good <laughs> and you deserve a nomination for this performance, great. Get a nomination for this performance. Yanu deserves an Oscar. Give it to him. Yeah, why not? Give it to him. <laughs> Give it to him. Give it to him. So watching it again, you still feel like it's a good, like you feel like My Cousin Vinny is a good movie. It's a good comedy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all, you know, most amazing film. Uh, but no, I think I think it was good. Like, it was obviously a well-thought-out, I think it was a well-thought-out premise. Um, good characters, great performances, um, well-written, held together well. I, I think there are a lot of just wonderful moments all throughout. You know, some of them kind of sweet some of them just plain fun. Anytime that he is, that once he kind of starts his case and calls people onto the uh, witness stand and starts mm-hmm. actually um, getting into everything, you know, and you and you get to see how his mind works and how he's trying to trip him up, you know. So you're telling me, like, through all this dirt on the window and through mm-hmm. this rusty old screen and through mm-hmm. all of these trees and all of these bushes that you actually saw all of this, all of that is so much fun to watch. It is. Uh, I do. And they build it. They kind of build you up to that when, uh, Maggio's character, Bill is talking about the Gambini family and how they're these fabulous, uh, fabulous at arguing. Yeah. World-class arguers. And then, you know, you talked a little bit about how Pesci's character, he kind of slowly reveals things. I think that's part of it. It's that, Never giving away, just giving just enough. That's the one side of an argument where it's, you know, you're just giving just enough. And then there's the side where you're getting people to give you what you want. I mean, that asshole at the pool hall who stiffed her, she's like, I tried to hustle the money, but I got stiffed. I'm sorry, what happened? And then they have to drive to the pool hall and they screech in and they go inside and they talk to what, what the fuck is guy's name? And I love the guy sitting next to him, sticks an entire drumstick in his mouth and just oh, holds so it. Oh, so disgusting. Oh, and I was oh. thinking, like, I hope that guy got to spit that out right away because that just looked gross. 
Um, how many takes might they have done? <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then he's kind of slowly pulling it out of him what happened. Um, and this guy's an idiot. Like he's just a hick idiot. And and then and then in the end he does get his money. First he's like, what is that? And it's interesting that the guy who whoever it is, the one who stiffed her, he just kind of he does everything that he asks. He's just yeah. this charm or whatever. He just charms the money out of him. And then he does finally get to punch him. I was really hoping for a real fight. Like, he took him down but with it, one punch. It works better that way. That was it, definitely more the convenient way to go about it. You know? <laughs> but I think it's great that, like, that comes back throughout the, the the theme of, like, he's not able to sleep because there's a fucking whistle and a train and a damn owl and, you know, whatever it is that's keeping him up throughout the night. I think that's kind of a fun little, little like, thing that comes that's out. Not- but it the turns grits. out that wasn't what was keeping him awake. What was keeping him awake was the stress of the trial. Well, sure. Yeah. When he finally did have a good day, he slept like a baby in that prison. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the grits, I think, is my favorite little kind of comeback <laughs> thing. Because I love when they're sitting there at the restaurant. And it, it, the whole the whole restaurant scene, I think, is just breakfast great. When you look at the menu and they're like, um, yeah, I'm thinking maybe, maybe breakfast. <laughs> Watching just the lard. And then uh-huh. once they actually get the grits and he's like, no, no, I've... I've heard of grits. I've just never actually seen a grit, you know, and like he just takes the tiniest little, he's like sniffing it and barely. Not, they're not a dangerous food. No, I know. That's the thing is he explains like how they're made. It's, it's a grain that you boil in water. It's, it's not like I'm asking you to eat chitlins or something or (laughs) rock mountain oysters. Right, right. It's not a gross thing. It's just, so it's so funny to watch him experience it. But then, you get the feeling that he really does enjoy it because he damn well figures some more out about grits as time goes on so that he can come back and talk to the other guy too about how long it actually takes you to make them. And the, the guy in the diner tells him how to make them. Like yeah, he yeah, talks, yeah. Talks but I, and I mean, maybe he would have memorized all of that, but in my mind, in my world, he goes back and he has grits every fucking morning. <laughs> I just feel like he's a great convert. Cause he, you, have you had grits? Yeah, I've had grits. I've only had bad grits. Like, Oh, you're not putting enough butter in. Well, maybe I have had good grits. I have had good grits because I was living in the South for a while. But I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I'd rather eat, like, cream. I'm not a huge fan either. But if you load them up with enough butter and salt, like, there's nothing to complain about because it tastes like butter and salt. Mm. So That's how you <laughs> so roll. Like, yeah, that, that's how you – you're not in it for the grits. You're in it for the butter and the salt. Everybody is. Who, like, you're not in it for the French fries. You're in it for the amount of vinegar that you can put on the French fries. You know it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying you're there for the condiments, not necessarily the the food is just the, the vehicle to get the condiment in your body. That's not necessarily true though. Like queso, for example, I will eat five times as many chips. My okay. ratio of chips okay. to queso, uh, you know, compared to most people, I'm talking like five times as many chips as most people would take. Same um, with salsa. I I enjoy both the queso and the salsa, but it's really about the chip for me. Because uh, when my nephew was a little, and my mom would make like ranch dip. With, like, the packet and the sour cream and then cut up the vegetables for, like, a holiday or whatever. He would just take a piece of pepper and dip it and just eat the dip off and then dip the pepper again. It was just a vehicle inside of him. It was pretty cute. That was when he was a little kid. I'm assuming he got his own dip. Uh, No, I think there was just a lot of going, like, no, don't do that. He was a baby, though. I mean, what are you going to do? Now I I, eat the dip. A little carrier monkey double dipping in your dip. Yeah. At least he would knew enough to pick up a vegetable and not, like, just stick his finger in it. I guess. <laughs> Whereas I would 100% stick my finger in it. <laughs> and I mean today, like, as a 30-something. So, yeah. So, so Pesci was 
very, 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 very good in this movie. Don't you just love him so fucking much, though? Like, can you think of a bad Pesci performance? I'm sure they're out there, and maybe I just haven't seen them. The only other Pesci performance I could think of was Home Alone. I don't think I've seen him in much of anything else. I I just watch different movies than you. Oh, because Goodfellas is still on the list. You haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean. still got Goodfellas on the list. Uh, You didn't watch The Irishman, I know, because we talked about that. And honestly, speaking speaking of the Academy Awards... I feel like Joe Pesci is the main guy who who got snubbed. Uh, like he was fucking amazing in The Irishman, gosh. and I think I think way I, I think his performance was the best of of everyone in that film, which is saying something considering we're talking about Pesci and De Niro and okay, Lethal Weapon. I saw Lethal Weapon, which also is a '92 movie, and so I did see him. I have seen him in Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Which is, which is a, just a, fun. That movie. I mean, yeah. he does a lot of just plain fun and stuff. And he's great too. in Home Alone. I mean, yeah. fuck, look at the fucking. You've seen, you've seen With fact. Honors, right? Most of it, yeah. It's terrible. Most of it. No, it's not. It is so much fun. So oh, cheesy and stupid. Like, give me a fucking break. A Bronx Tale is great. Casino. I don't love the movie Casino, but everybody in it is good. JFK. <clears throat> Wait, have you seen JFK? Nope. <gasps> Should I put it it's on hitting the list? Hundred percent. Who else? I is- have so much to say. Well, I mean, it's Kevin Costner. Oh yeah, we should do a Costner movie, and I guess I haven't seen JFK. No, JFK is going on the list. Hundred percent for seen, sure. But I haven't seen the. I've seen. Uh, what's the? I've seen Field of Dreams, but I haven't seen the other baseball movie. The other. Oh, Bull Durham. I haven't seen Bull yeah. Durham. Oh, interesting. Neither yeah, have seen Bull Durham. I bet Mike would have something to say about that. Um, actually, I feel like Mike saw Bull Durham recently and didn't care for it. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that was Mike one that he hadn't take. seen. And then, yeah. Mike with the hot takes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. So, Joe Pesci, you know, he's a main, he's the main guy in this movie. And he, I feel like mostly is a character actor. I, uh, I think that's and fair to say. I think it, so it's interesting be- because he's a name that I feel like everyone knows, <laughs> and yet, yeah, he, his his characters really are not necessarily as. It's not that they're not memorable, but they're. I think when you say Joe Pesci, you automatically most people think like, "Yeah, I love Joe Pesci," and then they have to stop and think mm-hmm. about what he's actually what he has been in, in yeah. because he's so good at creating these characters that you don't always necessarily associate them with him right away. Mm-hmm. You just have it in your mind that, "Yeah, yeah, I love that guy." But has he been a leading guy in any other movie? Like all the movies that I'm saying, Home Alone, even Goodfellas, he's not a leading guy. In no, those he's movies. he's supporting. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I'm sure he's done leading things. Um, I guess. Some of those would be more leading than others, but yeah, no, he's he's usually supporting. So in the in this group of actors that you like a lot, like like De Niro and Pacino and Pesci, and I'm sure like uh, I don't know Jack Nicholson. Like thinking about all these, like where does Pesci fall for you? I think I think you kind of nailed it when you said you know that he's a, a bit of a character actor and the supporting actor. So I think he's not necessarily in the same vein as some of those others, not because he's not as good of an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I think where he really shines is bringing in those sometimes bizarre but really memorable characters. Um, I mean, that being said, you know, Annoying. my cousin, my cousin Vinny, he's obviously the lead here. He is my cousin Vinny. The titular so, Vinny. 
Right. I just like so to say titular because titular tit just amuses me. You would like to say that. Mm. So um, when they open up and you see these two New Yorkers driving through the South together, I was like, please don't let this be a movie where we just shit on the South. And there's a couple there of are, moments. Yeah, there are moments there are when moments. they drive through and they see something about, you know, free manure and they give each other a look. And I'm thinking, like, being from Missouri even, I'm like, yeah, you could pass that 10 minutes from <laughs> here where somebody's advertising manure or selling tomatoes by the roadside. Like, that's yeah. not a big fucking deal. But they're also, um, like, there was one moment, I think, when Bill is making the phone call to his mother and Stan is yelling about inbreeders and the KKK and or the Klan. And I was like, oh, here we go. And, and and all the things that annoy Vinny, like like you were mentioning, the whistle and the train and the and I'm like, I grew up in that town. We had a whistle in the evening, not in the morning. We had a whistle in the evening. Really? Um, and it wasn't a steam whistle, I don't think. But uh but yeah, it's that small town thing and I it's not just the south. I mean there are some southern things, like grits are a southern thing and um it's a small farming community. Um <laughs> They're not farmers, they're known for their mud. <laughs> They're known for their mud in Alabama. <laughs> uh, Alabama. But, uh, but yeah, I just, it, I didn't want it to be like, it's us. It's us going to shit all over. And I mean, they, I guess it's fair. They, they, but they don't really give uh, Vinny and Lisa a hard time about being from New York. Um, they don't, they, they play up the New York stereotypes, their accents, their clothes. Yeah, I don't think, and I could be wrong, you know, everybody would perceive things differently, I suppose, but I don't feel like there was a whole lot of, south bashing really because everything that i mean here we have this small town judge and a small town da who are actually really smart guys who are you know getting shit done and doing things the right way it's not like a i don't know a small town bubba guy (laughs) coming in to you know run the the team i mean it's the the out-of-towner from new york who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about who honestly is not a good lawyer he's a great arguer and a great researcher and kind of stumbles upon all of these things um but yeah not a great litigator necessarily (laughs) i yeah i really loved but i also liked the juxtaposition of these these east coast new yorker types coming into this small town the big city folks i mean he wears the cowboy boots like, oh, those aren't even, like, those are ridiculous. The boots are ridiculous. They're he for show. They're not. Steps, steps right out, and he's like, well, at least I'm wearing cowboy boots. Yeah. Costuming is an important part of this movie, too. Fucking Tomei. Some of the shit that she wears. That floral, the biological clock speech where she's wearing that floral that jump- bodysuit. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck? I loved it. And her- I remember that bodysuit from when I was a kid. Like, I 100% remember that outfit. I wanted to know. If you could go as her for Halloween and wear that, and I could go as Fleabag. Fleabag wears this awesome jump shoot that jumpsuit that's like really like open in the like good, like DP in the front. I'm like, let's yeah. do it. Let's do I, it. Man, all last night watching her, all I could think was, I'm doing the hair. That's uh, <laughs> the hair, the fucking hair. Yeah, like my my hair right now is right around the the right length for it. I just got I just got to curl it up and hit the hairspray. And you need to get that like little piece of blonde. Right yeah, over that one here. streak. Yes. Yeah. I, can was, I found some bleach uh, under the counter. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So so-called life, the Re is it Rayanne character? She always had that one piece of blonde in the front. I fucking wanted it so bad. To this day, I still want to do that. I just don't know if I can pull it off. What do you mean pull it off? First of all, we're all trapped at home right now. Who gives a shit? True. Nobody needs to know. Nobody nobody needs to see it. But yeah. 
uh, costuming super important. Like what he's originally wearing in the courtroom when the judge, who is Judd from Pet Cemetery. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it's so funny because he's okay. So this is also apparently what's his last movie, which mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of, but am now sad about, even though it was decades ago. Um, but it is strange to me that I know Fred Gwynn as the judge from My Cousin Vinny and as Judd from, judge Pet, from Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. That is how I know him. And yet I honestly did not realize that he's Herman Munster until I, didn't I read either. about it until I read about it last night. And then I, it, I was like, well, of course he is. He looks exactly <laughs> like him. It's obviously him. But for whatever reason, I had never made that connection in my entire life in the end when he is standing next to pesci he's they it said he's six five he was six fucking five that man was a giant yeah next to poor little pesci and pesci's like what an inch taller than you (laughs) probably if that yeah he's it but yeah so he's giving him shit for wearing the leather and the belt buckle and the boots so he gets himself a real suit and then he has to end up in that ridiculous getup. On their I love <laughs> that tuxedo so much. I love the color of it. I love the tails. It's perfect. The little speech about like, I'm wearing this for you. <laughs> I love it. And then when she goes to get him a new suit and the store is closed for flu, that was a little bit, it was kind of, it's, it hit home. A little too hitting home right now. Yeah. Oh, what did I watch? Veep. I, I, so I'm, I'm going back through Veep because, you know, it's the best television show ever. It's the best comedy. So good. Fucking ever. And the one I watched the other night is that she, she just became president and they're trying to get her bill thrown out because, of course, she's running for president right now as well. And uh, they're trying to get this bill thrown out so that she has a chance at it. So they're kind of coordinating things behind the scenes. And she has the flu. Like, she's got it bad. And she's oh, in right. her. She's in the bed. She's in the bed. She just learned how to do voice memos. <laughs> so she's, like, sending people voice memos the whole time. But she's so sick. And she keeps, she'll, like, fall asleep in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> and at one point she said something about, she's coughing, like, she's coughing up a lung. And she's, I don't remember what the line was, but she said something about, about dying. about like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pull an old school and like go out within my first month in office or something like that like she was saying something about dying and people were like it's just the flu calm down and my chest clenched (laughs) i was like what if it's not just the flu what if it's covid she's coughing so bad (laughs) she might die so wait so that was a really great episode yeah i have the voice memos dude the voice memos were the best I love you know something I learned about Veep that I didn't know the other day? What's her daughter's name? Catherine? Yeah. That's Kiefer Sutherland's kid. I didn't know that. Didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Thanks, BuzzFeed. You know what? She does kind of look like him. Now that you mention it, I can mm-hmm. see it. I, yeah. yeah, I did not know that. She's really great in that show, though. She's Everybody so good. Is. They beat the shit out of her. <laughs> Every chance they get, they make fun. Why, why is your face doing that? Or like the other day she said something. She was supposed to be introducing her mom, and she was like going through the whole little speech, and then she ended with, I love you, mom. <laughs> and she just curls up her face. She's like, oh, God, don't do that. Don't say that. <laughs> Doesn't sound genuine when we like it. She's just, her character is just so pathetic, though. Like, she's so pathetic. Especially in the later seasons when she just turns to mush. And she's, she's like a giant hippie. Like, yeah, oh, it, she's, yeah. She takes a strange route. It's <laughs> good. You're right. It is probably one of the best comedies of all time, if not the best comedy show of all time. Oh. 
I should. I've tried to. I've tried to rewatch it a few times. I feel like I need to get into the later seasons a little bit more. Jonah, man, fucking Jonah. The the season that I had been watching, which was like season three into four, is when he's molested <laughs> by, by uh, oh, what the fuck's his face? Um, Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt, yeah. <laughs> molested by Pat Oswalt. It's so great. And and then when the vice president finds out about it, he confronts Pat Oswalt. He's like, I hear that you've been <laughs> fondling Jonah, and he says something like, I mean. Who among us hasn't grabbed onto a guy's balls and just, you know, felt around and this and that? And they're like, no, God, <laughs> no. Who, Who among us? You? <laughs> you know, if we didn't have all these, you know, social niceties in place, I would be grabbing onto guys' balls and just feeling around. Yeah, I have witnessed you grabbing guys' balls. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> and that when I was drunk, but, and it was there was a reason. That doesn't make it right. No, that's. I have to contact these men. They need to be involved with me too. <laughs> They've been victims. No, they weren't. Give me a. They fuck. literally were sexually abused they by you. They like it. They can't use the. Oh my god. <laughs> I was drunk. He I... asked for it. He liked it. I'm a sexual predator. You are. Oops. I shouldn't be laughing. This is terrible. They like. If it. I weren't so old that I was refusing to make new friends, I'd cut you loose. You're a menace. I feel like I just want to put a call out to all the guys out there. If you wouldn't mind it, if some strange woman just lightly cupped and maybe tickled your balls. First of all, there was nothing polite about it. We were like in a busy hallway and you reached out and grabbed someone's balls. It wasn't polite because they grabbed me first. I was in a sense fighting fire with fire. I'm not sure that that's true. You claimed it, but you were quite drunk. So to speak. Somebody probably accidentally brushed against you. And I didn't lightly cup his balls. Like, I grabbed on real hard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Those were the days. Nah, I can't get into a crowded club anymore because, not because I've been kicked out for grabbing balls, but because of fucking COVID. This is true. And another reason to be grateful (laughs) for social distancing. Yes, you're welcome. So... We've talked about the South versus New York. We've talked about Machio's dirt dirt lip. Oh yes, we're going through your notes now. Please do tell me. Tell go on with your notes. I, I'm trying to see what kind of questions I had. Do you like it in a movie when they say the name of the movie in the movie? So like in the beginning of the movie, when Machio's like my cousin Vinny. Do you like that when that if happens? It, if it feels natural, I kind of do. Okay. I, I would say normally I don't because I'm not a big fan of the really obvious stuff mm-hmm. uh, it, it feels a little bit to me like breaking down that fourth wall which I have a real problem with but if it's a natural kind of thing like that like yeah my cousin Vinny like he's my cousin his name's Vinny I, I think that's kind of cute and I don't have a problem with that so do you feel like Legally Blonde ripped this movie off um no I don't think it ripped it off I think it's the same kind of almost cliche of you know whether it's law or any other kind of job out there of having somebody who doesn't seem like they know their shit but all of a sudden we have two hours wherein they prove that they somehow do and they really are something special you know that's a that's just kind of a a fun cliche that is played over and over again and occasionally done well and often not done well but i don't think it was a ripoff necessarily do you feel that way because i I guess i can understand her being 
so out of I mean yeah being so different too being from such a different world that and then the whole bit where she because they do get him in the end on the science of it a little bit so his his key witness ends up being Tomei because she happens to know a lot about cars and they actually figure out that it couldn't possibly have been their car because of the tire tracks left behind the ru- the rubber that was left in the road which um, I feel like somebody damn well should have figured that out before that this car doesn't have an independent rear suspension like but they but Lindsay they had a confession they had a confession they didn't <laughs> I shot the clerk <laughs> <laughs> they had a confession yeah so so I guess it it reminded me of when I was watching Legally Blonde that the whole thing where the the girl said she had a perm, but then she was taking a shower, and it's because of Elle's knowledge of hair that leads her to realize that she's lying. Um, so it was kind of this, it felt the same way to me. But he does it, it's just part of his case, right? Because he first shuts down all the witnesses with the grits, um, and with the, uh, what were the other things? The lady in her glasses, um, and then the guy who said he saw something when he couldn't possibly have seen anything because of all the things in his line of sight. Um, but then they get to that expert witness whose southern accent was just atrocious. It was just weird. It wasn't there, and then it was, and when it was there, it was bad. And I don't, yeah, it was really bizarre. Rear tars, like it, it, it was felt a nightmare. A bit, it was like uh, our experience last week with Titanic and <laughs> Leo's Italian friend. <laughs> His accent. Fabrizio. Like, ah, the yeah. <laughs> no that was great but that guy i think he might actually be italian-american so it's like okay but he's not Italian. <laughs> yeah so that guy really bothered me because he had a shitty southern accent i feel like that why did they even bother with him having a southern accent because it was dumb um so yeah i guess when i was watching it, it reminded me of that i ha- i'm not a huge fan of like i haven't seen a few good men um, no, I mean, I've, I've seen my fair share of law and order, favorites, but it's yeah. good. Well, now that Jack Nicholson is on my list, steadily climbing up the list of people I absolutely adore. I feel like I probably need to watch all of his movies and have, maybe. Oh, I, no, no. There are several you can skip. Wolf. <laughs> I've seen, but I've seen, but I have seen that. Oh, I saw that in the theater with my whoa. dad and my sister. Yeah. Oh, at the dollar show in Quincy. Yeah. And I loved it. And I was actually considering watching oh. it the other day because I like, I'm 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 really enjoying spending money right now. I just keep telling myself I'm not buying gas, so I've got all this extra money to spend. Dude, so DoorDash. And here's the thing I was thinking the <laughs> other night too, because we were gonna we were gonna watch my pick for this week was going to be Harold and Kumar. Oh, this is funny. <laughs> which I fucking love this movie so much, and we will watch it eventually. I I do think I am glad that we went with my cousin Vinny because, like I said, it kind of put me in that sort of reminiscent headspace. Um, but preparing so we didn't end up watching Harold and Kumar because it was on Netflix and then we magically switched months and here we are May 1st and all of a sudden they're fucking gone (laughs) pissed me off and uh Thor Ragnarok it was on Netflix too so we could have gone on to that one instead too Um, because that's so much fun it's so fucking much fun but no longer thank you Netflix thank you May (laughs) fuck you (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna watch it eventually so yeah so i'm thinking about movies that i want to buy so like i bought the sound of music the other day because that one will never get old and uh i bought star wars that was a couple of months ago when i bought star wars but then like not last night but thursday night 
I bought, they had six Tarantino movies for 20 bucks. And it's both, I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs or either Kill Bill movie. And those were, it was five, sorry, five Tarantino movies. So Reservoir Dogs and both Kill Bills, which I haven't seen. I haven't and, seen them either. And then uh, Pulp Fiction, which I love. And then uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. So I started watching that because I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that I don't enjoy it as well. It's I, fun. You know. It's so much fun. What I, what I was going to say about spending money right now, though, yeah. and DoorDash and Harold and Kumar is my first thought about watching Harold and Kumar is that it'd be really great to just get high right now, but <laughs> I can't. And then I don't like, I don't understand because I don't have anything mm. and I don't understand why I can't like order a burger and fries from somewhere and get like a side of just a joint. Like I don't even need a lot, but you know, something joints. the tiniest we can go to Illinois and buy it though. But I don't like, I can't, we're, distancing socially i want everybody i had dog food delivered the other day like i can't even wow. be bothered to go to the store wow because i'm <laughs> gonna go to the store side. today and i'm gonna go to target and i'm gonna go to the grocery store i left the house today to go get a coffee like that was just drive through so i did, did that you, did you go to scooters i went to um mudslingers which is it's the same kind of thing like a little drive through kiosk where is it it's like by the community college on mid rivers Huh. Because the fucking Starbucks by my house is still... Lots of the Starbucks in the area have closed. The Starbucks yeah. by my house is only open Monday through Friday right now. And I thought for a moment last weekend that they were open. So I drove out there today. I mean, it's only a few blocks away. They and might be opening up next weekend. I mean, with maybe, all the... Maybe. So I went to Dunkin', which is gross. Yeah. Um, Sucrose. I've gotten... Sucrose says they're going to be closed for another two weeks. Okay. So I'm excited to I'm excited for them to come back. Me. But Mudslingers is open every day. Scooters is open every day. Um, Bread Company. I mean, you just gotta you yeah. gotta go and pick it up because they don't deliver to us. Um, Upshot Coffee delivers, which I wasn't crazy about their coffee. Mm-hmm. But I will go Bike Stop Cafe. Bike Stop Cafe has That's a really they good, have good coffee. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I won't go to Upshot on principle because it used to be a really cool place called VB Chocolate Bar that had amazing drinks yeah. and amazing desserts, and now it's a fucking bone broth making coffee slinging bullshit it's pretty fucking douchey and honestly not that great like i had some toast delivered which sounds dumb you had toast but (laughs) no that does sound really dumb Lindsay. because i've been making really good egg mcmuffins egg mcmuffins english muffins and toast in my just my toaster like i try not to i try not to keep bread in the house so I have to like order bread it, but it was, it was a uh, ricotta with like homemade jam and oh, I thought goodness. it would be really good, but the ratio was off and the ricotta was dry and it was just like, even that, even you would think a fucking hipster joint could like do ricotta it's toast so and it yeah. still wasn't very good. So that really pisses me off. Like what the, they're in Cottleville. It's not like Cottleville is like the Mecca for hitness. Like it's fucking St. Charles County. Like, I mean, I don't know if they're going to survive this anyway, because they only opened I mean, maybe six months or so ago. So it's not like they, I think that's why they're doing delivery now just to make sure that they can remain open. And I don't know if they will or not. So worried about sucrose, but I saw, I've been going to their Facebook page and I, they sent, they said that we had a family meeting and we're going to stay closed for another couple of weeks. Some of us are still homeschooling. They don't seem stressed out at all. Good. I'm glad. doing. Like I'm feeling pretty good. And they had so many likes and so many comments. I'm telling you, these people they're making they're it's fucking just pouring in this bakery they're just god bless them 
it's it's just it's the coffee places I worry about because I was so traumatized when uh, when borders closed in part because of the books but also in, in part because of their cafe so anytime I find coffee that I like I get really paranoid and now for the past several weeks you know we haven't had we haven't had Caldi's which Caldi's will be fine they have no. so many locations I'm sure they'll be fine I, but I'm still worried about yeah. those places um, it sounds like closed crooked tree is closed like, all crooked the tree though crooked tree is using this time to like they are I think revamp a lot of their are. place. Yeah. And, and that's what I feel so bad about. I feel like I've been given this gift as well. Yes, I am working from home. I'm still putting in eight hours a day, but I've cut my commute time. You know, I live a half hour from work, so that's at least that much time that I've cut out. I feel like I should have the time to do things. Like, finally, after how long have I lived in this house? Like, mm-hmm. seven years or something, and I haven't painted the damn hallway. <laughs> I should do that. Or... I don't know, put the new faucet in the kitchen that's just been sitting there. For Fuck me. it. Like, I feel like it's enough to just stay alive right now. Just stay alive. I will find that's you. Fine. Yeah, but it's, I, I think it's, like, there's a lot of, like, use your time wisely and do these things and da 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 I'm like, fuck it. I'm getting up. I'm going to work every day. That's, I'm not going anywhere. I'm walking into the dining room and planting my ass in a chair. I can't even make a stand-up desk for myself. I'm that fucking lazy. Like, I just sit in my dining room. I chair. have an office upstairs. There you go. And I do not work in it. I instead have put myself behind the couch in a dark corner of the living room yeah. instead of just setting up the fucking office. I mean, I have too a, much work. a writing desk in my bedroom that's been in there for over a year, unboxed and ready to be assembled, and I haven't put it together. There's too many pieces. There's just really too many pieces. Is it like five? I'm probably going to, no, it's well, like, like a lot of pieces, and I'm probably going to have to get like wood glue or some bullshit. Like, there's a lot of instructions. You don't <sighs> need to follow. Don't worry about instructions. No, it's stupid. Anyway. My cousin, Vinny. my cousin Vinny. I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot more questions. I guess walking away from it, I was amused by it. Um, there's a lot of great lines. Like I love when uh, the prosecutor is uh, talking to the jury about how they feel about the death penalty, and the one lady's like, "I feel like the families of the victims should decide." And then he said, "These two men," and she's like, "Fry them." The, by the way, as soon as she said that. I started screaming at the TV. That's the whole fucking point. Because that's what makes the death penalty wrong. Yeah. Legally, from a legal standpoint, is you have just, you have just said the whole point of it is vengeance. Yeah. And that should not be part of our justice system. So you want to talk more about why you don't like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be in this country anymore. And usually I'm not all like the United States sucks or whatever, but there was a mass shooting in Canada a couple weeks ago. And then to then yesterday I read that Canada's going to ban assault weapons. And I'm like, fucking ain't right. But that's what we should be doing. But Leah, every time we have a mass shooting, we, we pray. And oh, sh- isn't yeah. that enough? Sure. Isn't that enough? Really? Oh, fuck. That and then the coronavirus thing. I just feel like we look like a bunch of damn idiots right now. But we were already looking like idiots. It's just worse. Anyway, that's my... I'm going to get off my bullshit soapbox. <laughs> um, I loved Tomei's outfits. It was fun to watch her. It's always fun to watch her. She was incredible in this. I'm glad she won an Oscar for it. Um, Can I ask... I'm just curious. What What is your... Because I feel like Marissa Tomei has made a lot of... Not even necessarily great movies... Although I do think she's in a lot of great movies, but she's had a lot of great characters too. And I'm kind of curious what would be your favorite 
Marissa Tomei. I mean, I really like her in that stupid What Women Want movie with Mel Gibson. I think she's great in that. Have you seen um, uh, Steve Carell? Uh, You're talking about Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, have you seen Crazy yeah, Stupid I've Love? I've seen it. I've seen it, but I don't. I barely remember her. But we, we watched. She's great uh, in it. We watched. Um, Slums of Beverly Slums Hills. Beverly Hills, and she's yeah. incredible in that. That's probably that's my favorite. That's, that's probably the best I've seen her. Yeah, but sh- this is a close second. I mean, what she's wearing is great. The hair is great. I like just the way that she is with him. Um, I love that even when she like she has a really thick, kind of ridiculous accent. She looks kind of ridiculous throughout. It's overdone, and yet she's always able to imbue this sort of genuine quality that doesn't make it feel overdone, which I just think is so awesome I, it, because she does have a lot of, of characters that are real characters, you know, like Slums of Beverly Hills too. Mm-hmm. Like that's a fucked up character, but she's able to imbue this sort of genuine humanity in all of them, which I just think is, I it's amazing. I think she's amazing. Yeah. I, this movie kind of, it holds, it holds my attention because, because I'm trying to figure out their relationship. He is older than her. I think I read that he was like 39 and she was 20 something when they made this film. I think he was older than that, even. I think so, he was in his 40s, but... There's still a mystery of how did they end up together? How is this couple a couple? But then you see the chemistry that they have and how much... I loved, and maybe this is my lonely heart speaking right now, it, when they're in bed together and they're holding each other. Like, oh, I was just like, I want that. The reality is I'm a Virgo, and I want that for about five minutes, and then I'm like, roll over, get out of my way. That's what I was thinking. Like, I have to wake the dog up in the middle of the night and make him move because he's <laughs> trying to spoon me. I sure shit don't want like, <laughs> I'm so a lonely guy right who's twice the size. I'm so lonely. I'm, like, laying on the couch, and the cat comes over, and he lays next to my leg, and, like, I can feel his little body heat, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, oh, that's so good. A touch another being. So, yeah. That's me. That's the story of my life right now. But I did. I thought it was so sweet. And even when they were in the car, because he couldn't sleep because of the fucking owl, he walks outside, like fires the gun into the air. That's so good. Um, And then they're in the car and she's just like on top of him in the front seat. Like, why did they decide to sleep in the front seat? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, But their relationship, they didn't give me everything about their relationship. And I just, you see them and you just... They have great chemistry together. You know that they care about each other. You know that they love each other. And it's a lot of it's in the acting. And that they don't have to like, I don't have to see the beginning, middle, and end. I just get to see them together. And I think that was probably another part of this movie that I just really, really, really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice slice of life. So, yeah. And, yeah, I think it's a really, it was just an interesting premise, too. Mm-hmm. I cried. I teared up. I didn't cry, but I did tear up in the end when they won. They just, you know, the charges are dismissed and they all get happy. And Machio's character just can't stop hugging Vinny. That was, that looks was really so shell shocked. Yeah. 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 And then Vinny's trying to get away because he doesn't want to get discovered by the judge. And then it turns out she called Malloy and Malloy helped him. And, and then he's all mad about getting help. And yeah, it's adorable. You love yeah. it. Yeah. I would probably watch. Yeah, I think I would watch it again. Good. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, sure I'll watch it again at some point. I mean, not tonight, because I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get up early this morning and rewatch yeah. it? No, I didn't. I mean, it doesn't, uh, and it doesn't 100% hold up. I mean, there are some things now that don't make sense, but I feel that it's... Um, I think it's, in my mind, too, are there things that don't make sense? Probably. But I think one of the biggest things that doesn't age well is 
again, how much knowledge even the average Joe has of the legal system now because of fucking law and order. Fucking law and order, man. <laughs> and all of the movies and all of the television shows and the internet. And just like, we all consider ourselves, you know, experts in almost everything. But I think law and criminal procedures are definitely one of those things that we all kind of feel like we know so well because it's in so many movies and television shows. And that's one of the ways that I don't know that it's aged as well because there are things that, like I said, I'm, I'm watching this thinking like, how do you not know? Mm. I'm not a fucking lawyer and I know. They're just like, dumb. like in the beginning too. They're talking, they're talking to these cops and I understand that they think that they s- stole, stole a can of tuna, <laughs> can of tuna <laughs> and they're trying to just confess. Why don't confess to anything. Five seconds ago, you were saying that this state has archaic laws <laughs> and now you're still in there confessing to even just shoplifting. Like, get a fucking lawyer. How do you not know this? Yeah. It was really cute, though. They're like dumb college kids. And why were they driving through Alabama? I just still don't know because they were on their way to, weren't they were on their way to California? They were going to California. <laughs> I think he said something about it being like, beautiful there this time of year or something i think they just decided to take like the scenic route (laughs) through the south i don't know i mean i guess la is because they said ucla right so i guess it's in southern california so it sort of makes sense but i mean i guess a fair point because if i had to drive through the united states from east coast to west coast i probably would drive through the southern states as opposed to driving through the midwest oh my god can you imagine i fucking ohio Ohio, fuck. Ohio and and Indiana are the fucking worst states to drive through. They might be, I'm sure people who live there, it's I'm sure you have lovely lives. But fucking driving through Ohio and Indiana is like the dullest, worst. You just want to put a fucking bullet in your head while you're on the highway. It's so awful. I haven't driven through Kansas and I've heard that Kansas and Nebraska are pretty awful. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Pennsylvania is great. Pennsylvania was one of my favorite states to just drive through. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful every step of the way. I don't mind. Uh, California was a nice drive. Um, Oregon and Washington are really beautiful. I haven't. I've driven through Arizona some. I love that. I like the West Coast. I like the West. I'm. I mean, I've been to the East Coast enough, I guess. But but uh, if I had to pick a place to live, it would probably be California. Ugh. I don't think I could survive in California. No, I know. You would want to live in Cape Cod. Cape I, Cod. I would love to live in Cape Cod. I honestly think that my soul is meant for someplace like New York, a place where there are people that I can feed off of their energy and yet never actually have to speak to them. <laughs> because you're an energy vampire? I think I might be. <laughs> I think that's the only reason I'm suffering is because I don't have the energy to pull from people, but I really have no problem at all not actually conversing with people or socializing <laughs> with them. I'm 100% fine without the social interaction. Jesus Christ. You energy whore. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? All right. Anything else about rear tars? No. Mike's and Vinny? These utes. Utes. <laughs> Fucking utes. <laughs> oh, God. It was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, like I said, it was a... Nice little 90s comedy. It was a nice trip back to the 90s, I think, for, yeah. for this week. So I'm pleased about that. I do. Uh, I miss the 90s. 90s were great. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time to be alive. Fuck 2020. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it right in the ear. 
Yeah, fuck it in the in the in the ear. Fuck it in the gonass. 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 <laughs> Is that like? <laughs> I don't know what happened to form a gonass. I don't want to know what that. I don't know what that means. I need to read like, Is that like web toes? <laughs> Webbing in other areas. Fucking gosh. All right. Well, thanks for bringing this one along. I appreciated it much more than terms of endearment. It oh, made me happy. I'll yeah. try to pick a. I'll probably try to pick like a. I gotta be real piece. with you. Yeah. Like, it was really hard. I mean, I had some some choices with comedies because there are many comedies that I love. But honestly, looking at my list, it's, it's sad. Like three quarters just depressing. It's pretty brutal. I'm actually kind of glad I've seen some like Schindler's List. I'm super glad that I've seen that. <laughs> That's one of my top five. I know. I know. And I don't want to have to see that again. Have you not watched it again? Like the, no. since the first time you No. You've only ever seen it once? Mm. Oh. There's so much. I, I, you, I, you shouldn't say that you enjoy a movie like that, obviously. But there is so much nuance to it that the more times you see it, the, the more you get to experience um, all of the, the characters and the journeys. And so many just little points and little... Um, little things along the way and the performance things amazing and yeah yeah it's it's depressing it is but that doesn't negate the fact that it's also beautiful sure (laughs) i mean i don't want to watch the mist again either and i think that's a great film but it's just fucked up it's how i felt like similar to how i felt about event horizon that i just it really fucked my fucked me up real bad i need a little bit yeah, I know. We've talked about it before. I just, I I like having that dark, depressing shit. So, honestly, my next pick will probably be something kind of dark and depressing, and you may not love it, but hopefully you'll like it. And then, in the meantime, you can pick whatever <laughs> you well, want. Well, we haven't seen any horror movies for a while, so I'm probably going to pick something in that genre. Cool. Um, because I'm okay. stuck at home all alone, so by all means, <laughs> I'll watch some horror. Yeah, I've been eyeing Evil Dead, the remake, because I think it's so much fun. Um, and I don't know if that's a smart pick because you haven't seen the originals either. I'm, I I mean, like you watched Captain America Winter Soldier and you hadn't necessarily seen the other Avengers, but you were still able to kind of glean what was happening, what was going on, who these people are. I well, mean, yeah, I, no, you, it, it stands by itself. Right. I guess I just feel like, am I doing us a disservice by not... Um, by not watching the original because the original is really really great um i I would want you to pick whichever resonated most with you i just really like the remake um also there's i have uh happy death day which is just stupid um let's see army of darkness would be another fun one to watch but again if you haven't seen the original evil dead um Night of the Living Dead 3. Night of the Comet. Oh, God. What Night is that? Comet. Night of the Comet is from, like, the I want to say the 80s. I, w- I watched it in a period when I was watching a lot of late night film and, uh, like, on USA and stuff. And it's uh, this comet strikes the Earth and people who are exposed to the dust from the comet either get turned into dust or get turned into zombies. But these two young women who are, like, stepsisters are kind of stuck together in this post-apocalyptic LA and it's just fun. It's just fun. Sounds have nuts. you seen, you haven't seen the descent, have you? 
Uh, no. And that's one that I actually that's had actually wanted actually, to see. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, I had wanted yeah, to see it and just haven't. Um, teeth would be fun. <laughs> uh, as uh, And I think that it is streaming right now. Um, let's see. Drive Me to Hell. Have you seen that? No. I don't think so, anyway. Yeah, Justin Long in it. Oh, always well. Justin Long. <laughs> um, let's see. The Invitation would be another really good one. Annihilation would be in a, The Ruins would be fun. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. It's hard to pick. But another one that I really want to do that I think would be so much fun. <sighs> Spring Breakers. And I, uh, it might still be on Netflix. It was on Netflix for a while, but we'll see. I'm seeing it on there. Oh, Spring Breakers. Uh, Love it so much. It's so awful. It's so great same time it's like it's my uh it's on netflix right now beats my language Ooh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> you whatever you love it <laughs> all right well this was fun and um i won't be seeing you in person but <laughs> true yeah so Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll check you later. The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. Thank you for listening. We really enjoyed that one. I especially enjoyed the reprieve from the most dark and depressing shit that Lindsay can dig up for me to watch, which Terms of Endearment was a blow. So this was a nice a nice comeback to reality and uh, happiness. Um, anyway, next week we are watching The Descent which uh, was my pick, and I I introduced it for, to Lindsay for the first time, and I think she liked it. Mikey likes it. So that was pretty awesome, um, and it's a, it's a good show. I dig it. It's scary. It's got some fun imagery. It's kind of fucked up. You know, you know I like it. Anyway, uh, so that'll be next week, and uh, in the meantime, I hope you guys are staying safe. Uh, wherever you are listening, uh, we'd love it if you would leave us a review, uh, rate us, subscribe, all the things, wherever you're listening. Um, whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it is, we want to hear from you. Um, so yeah, until next time, uh, take it easy and we'll see you then. One last thing. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers. Shit.